0: Thanks to Super Beats Heart Shoes for supporting the AppleBits XL. Add two delicious plant-based Super Beats Heart Shoes to your morning routine and promote heart-healthy energy for your day without a caffeine crash. Get up to 45% off plus free shipping at superbeats.com slash AppleBits. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. what's up every what's up welcome to the show it's the apple bits xl brian tong here your host doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of apple welcome everybody welcome it is episode 214 we've got some things to talk about there's things that are starting to brew it's gonna be a good show i think like we've we're still in yeah sure whatever call it the april lull but um i think things are starting to Kind of, they're starting to bubble. So we're going to talk about new M2 Max. We're going to talk about uh, maybe some new Apple Watch developments. Also, uh, iPad OS stuff. Maybe we've got that. And then, um, pretty much, I guess the rumor mills have debunked this Apple dual charger, unless it actually is still happening. So we'll talk about all of that. If you want to be a part of this show and the what over twelve hundred freaking five-star reviews that people have put on the podcast app hey if you haven't already i'd love for you to kind of drop not a star five stars or just be honest about how you think about this show um it helps us bump up in the algorithm and uh so grateful for geez what 214 shows when we get when we hit 250 i mean i said we do something special at 200 but we didn't maybe we'll on 250. But anyways, check it out at the podcast. And also to be a part of the show, if you want to call in, record a voice memo, all you gotta do is send it into show at gmail.com. That's AppleBits with A Z. Your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about, your questions, your criticisms. I feel like this first half of the year, things just haven't popped off because the iPhone SE, for most people, at least that listen the show, were kind of like, uh, eh, it's all right. The iPad Air, fifth generation, people are like, Yeah, it's all right. And then the Max Studio was kind of one of those products where people were like, eh, it's just not for me because it really is for the super high-end content creator, digital professional. Really, that's who that product is targeting. So as we get through this year, I think we're going to give you guys and gals a whole lot more to talk about. So you can be a part of the show. Again, record that voice memo, applebitsshow at gmail.com. Also, this show is brought to you by you, Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support really all my content for this podcast. You get early access to content, early rewards at different levels, and a completely ad-free version of the show. It does support all of my video content on my YouTube channel. It supports this show, and you all have been amazing. Um, like I said, April is pretty slower so i can't do this without you and i thank you so much it starts at two dollars per month five dollars which is like a cup of coffee you got the 10 the 25 and the 100 hundred dollar platinum apple level patreon.com slash brian tong is how you support all right let's get into this show and i think the i if we said we're not going to do nothing like rotten tomato ish but if there was a fresh meter and the freshest news coming out right now Comes from Mark Gurman from Bloomberg, friend of the show. And his latest report on Bloomberg says that Apple is internally testing several variants of the next generation M2 chip right now for updated Macs and at least nine new Macs with four different M2 chip variants. The assumption would be something along the lines of an M2, an M2 Pro an M2 Max, and an M2 Ultra. He doesn't specifically line those all up, but he says there are at least nine new Macs in development using four different M2 chips. And I think when we look at what's expected to come in the Mac lineup, we're probably gonna see a lot of these this year, which then leads me to the thinking that, man, if there are let's even say four or five different computers and then multiple models amongst those, do they have to at least release something around WWDC just to spread it out during the year? Or are we going to get hit hard like we were a year ago in September and October and November? So Apple's working on devices again with the standard M2, M2 Pro, M2 Max, and a successor, almost couldn't say that, a successor to the M1 Ultra, which has not been titled, or referenced as officially or unofficially the M2 Ultra, just a successor to the M1 Ultra. So here's the machines. Some of you already know about these, but let's go over what we believe they are testing. First of all, a MacBook Air with an M2 chip featuring an eight-core CPU and a 10-core GPU. Then a Mac Mini with an M2 chip and a possible variant with the M2 Pro chip There's also an entry-level 13-inch MacBook Pro that we've been talking about, which may or may not have the touch bar, but kind of that entry-level, old-school, kind of solid 13-inch MacBook Pro. I still feel like that doesn't make sense in the lineup if they have a new MacBook Air. What seems logical is new MacBook Air, new 14-inch Pro, new 16-inch Pro. I guess it just comes down to the price point and where this falls in that family to have an entry-level 13-inch MacBook Pro with an M2 chip with the older design. That, I get, I know how Tim Cook's brain thinks. I mean, we already know he has five or six iPhone models that exist, but that one seems like, hmm, do we really need that on the product line? Will they really move enough units? Are the cost for making those um, pieces of hardware so much cheaper because the equipment has been, you know the designs, the parts are either in excess of inventory or they're just the whole process is a lot cheaper, so it doesn't hurt them to do this. I don't know also part of this but potential m two chip family that is being tested a new fourteen inch and a new sixteen inch Macbook pro with m two pro and m two max chips from the report, we've been kind of wondering what exactly will these m two max chips have or M2 chips period the entry level will still have an 8 core CPU that aligns with the M1 um this M2 Max chip is believed to feature a 12 core CPU and 38 core GPU along with 64 gigs of memory of unified memory for a single M2 Max chip now you know really the big jump here in performance came from going from Intel and then obviously to M1 the jump from M1 to M2 will likely not be ne- nearly as significant of a jump, but it will still be an improvement. And yeah, if you're buying a new machine, you want you want the newest wares. So it's going to be nice, very nice either way. Apple's also tested an M1 Max version of the Mac Mini, according to the report. But with the release of the Mac Studio, it may make that a little redundant. So maybe Apple just sticks with M2 and M2 Pro chips with the new Mac Mini whenever it eventually sees a refresh but now we're at the point of the year where other than an with the the only thing that's kind of up in the air to me is really is a Mac Pro going to get an M1 Ultra or the successor to the M1 Ultra whatever it is is, it, is are they going to start the Mac Pro with like this ultimate M2 chip or are we going to see that M1 Ultra That potentially is going to be four, instead of two M1 Max chips combined together like the M1 Ultra is, is it going to be four M1 Max chips to make this, let's call it the M1 Voltron for this new Mac Pro. And again, I'm excited about the Mac Pro. I haven't made a true purchasing decision on either the Mac Studio or the Mac Pro because I just want to see how much more powerful is the Mac Pro. And for the longevity of what I do, does it make sense to just get the Mac Pro, even though I know the Mac Studio is an unbelievable machine and my review is coming in. So ultimately, this article is saying that Apple is actively testing at least nine new Macs with four different versions of M2 chips. Kind of wild. But it also really lends us to an exciting year. It, It seems so flipped that... Now, the iPhone and the Apple Watch and the iPads, which which used to be kind of the products that we were super geeking out about, it's all tilted over towards the Mac, and that's exciting. I, I think even recent studies have talked about how Mac sales continue to rise and are up overall compared to the general PC market. So Mac computer sales are bucking the trend and are performing a lot better than the overall pc market and a lot of that has to do clearly with the excitement around apple silicon they don't have that m1 chip and greater we're not we're not talking about this stuff we're not nearly as excited about this we we would have only been excited about oh a new refresh design cool now it's all about like the chip the processor the power the efficiency and i cannot understate how quiet these m1 machines are with the performance that cranking out. It is just ridiculous. All right. We do have some Apple Watch news for you. I think that this year, the if there was any year where the Apple Watch is kind of like still a hmm, let's say how about this? If you got a series seven without a doubt, it seems like a lot of these features will be more software related. But according to Bloomberg's Mark Gurman. Apple's still planning to add a body temperature monitoring sensor and new health features to the Apple Watch this year. Planning, it doesn't mean it's going to happen, but all of these talks about blood pressure and blood glucose monitoring, quite honestly, the, the sensors that would really take the Apple Watch to the next level, um, in addition to bringing new features in the health app, are happening. But blood pressure and blood glucose those those sensors that whole suite of really making this what we could potentially see as the ultimate smartwatch health sensor is being pushed out um they may they may have them ready by 2025 at the earliest but that might even slip out to 2025 so 2024 at the earliest 2025 for blood pressure and blood glucose monitoring so all the advanced stuff, I don't even. I honestly, I wouldn't even put my bets on that it's coming in twenty twenty four. I mean, this has to get cleared by all the health organizations and approvals to before they, you know, before you throw these sensors in, they have to be cleared. Um, that takes time. That typically takes at least a year. We don't even know how far away Apple is from fine tuning it to the point that they internally are happy. So. This non-invasive blood glucose monitoring, quite honestly, the holy grail that everyone is still hoping to be still at least a few, several years away. Um, Apple's been discussing maybe improving support for third-party glucose meters on the Apple Watch because of this. Um, They already do some right now, but maybe expanding that to, to be even broader, but immediately... Some of the features that Apple is hoping to bring includes specific stuff towards new women's health features on the Apple Watch and the iPhone, new sleep, fitness, and medication management features on iPhone's health app. And I think that these are nice. I've been asking for complex sleep monitoring that we've gotten from other third-party apps like Sleep Plus and others to come natively just to be weaved right in there, but they still haven't do- done that. So. Maybe, I've got to imagine, 2022 is the year of the sleep monitoring being, I think that would be a flagship feature that at least from a marketing standpoint and a general mainstream audience standpoint would get attention. So they're always going to throw in new fitness features, whether it's adding them to Fitness Plus, but getting true detailed sleep data, which they didn't do last year and they didn't do the year before, and it's what I asked for, Um, that's what we're hoping to see uh the they were hoping to get also a body temperature sensor with the feature initially designed to aid in fertility planning um so it could determine if a user has a higher than normal body temperature but still unlikely to show an exact measurement as part of watch os 9 apple's also hoping and planning to improve its existing atrial fibrillation detection feature with a new capability to uh, measure how long a person is in a state of atrial fibrillation across a certain period of time uh right now from what we gather from what i gather i mean i haven't had the issue happen it'll alert you when it happens and it does collect the data but maybe the actual state of atrial fibrillation the extended time not just like a hit of like oh it happened this day it happened that day um They're looking to get more detailed and drill down more into that data. So, you know, bringing more health to the Apple platform, whether it's Apple's health app, but quite honestly, specifically pulling more from the Apple Watch, that is the future of this device. Um, I think that consumers have felt a little bit like the Apple Watch is quite honestly getting a little stale from that standpoint. Uh, Gurman's report even says, with some of the departures from Apple's health team, some employees internally have been unhappy with Apple's progress that the enhancements are taking too long, not enough risks are being taken, and the health team hasn't grown in at least two years. And so we external like uh ah, the Apple Watch from pretty much if you got a series four to series five in general, it's doing the same things other than the larger screen redesign and the faster charging and the always on screen design. Those have kind of been the three things. And it really hasn't taken that next jump. And it feels like this year is another year where it's not going to take the next jump. Another watchOS 9 feature, according to Gurman, that is coming that is not health-related will be a new power-saving mode that will let users use an Apple Watch and its apps without taking up significant amount of battery life. So currently, if you've seen it, you get that Apple Watch power Reserve mode, which tells you, I think, when you're down to... Is it when you um are down to 10%? it just limits the functionality that your watch can do. I I believe it pretty much just shows me the time and you can't do much of anything else. But with watchOS 9, Apple's actually looking to port over low power mode from the iPhone to the Apple Watch and let users at least use some apps and features while using less battery life instead of just making the Apple Watch just a watch. And I, I gotta imagine some of you, even just from a stylistic standpoint, if you like the Apple Watch, you might be fine with putting in low power or power reserve mode because you might not even really use the watch that much. I mean, I love the Apple Watch. All the fitness hooks are great. It's so so good. So, we'll see how much longer uh, it takes to see what happens in WatchOS 9. It is again one of the OSs that I want to see the most from. And so, maybe we'll get some, but it 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 always comes down to both hardware and software. I will they release a rugged iPhone this year? I don't know. I think if they want to give people something to talk about and something buzzworthy beyond just better sleep tracking, which will probably be the headline software feature they need a. they'll release a version that still has the same slightly larger screen. And if they release a version that is more ruggedized, I think that at least brings buzz back to the Apple watch for this year, positive buzz, instead of the same feeling of us saying, Oh, it's, you know, it's about the same. I think that's important just from a, a mindshare perspective and just for a perception of like, oh, you it's not necessarily us who own Apple Watches that they need to worry about. Apple's has typically right now around a 30% market penetration, and I think they need that to grow, but there's a lot of people that still today that I know when I talk to them, they're like, oh, I still haven't gotten an Apple fee, Apple Watch because it still just doesn't do enough. And the more health that they pack in there, is what's going to make people care about that a whole lot more. So we'll see. Watch OS nine coming to you soon, June sixth through tenth uh, at WWDC. All right, let's take a moment to thank the sponsor of this podcast, Super Beats Heart Shoes. You know, as we age, the fatigue and lack of endurance that we feel can't always be fixed with more and more caffeine. So, introducing a new way to start your day. Superbeats Heart Chews—they're a tasty treat that give you the energy that you need, and are good for you. There's no more afternoon coffees, and energy drinks, and candy for this quick pick-me-up. You can add two delicious plant-based Super Beats Heart Chews to your morning routine and promote heart-healthy energy for your day without a caffeine crash because Super Beats Heart Chews' unique, clinically-researched grapeseed extract promotes heart-healthy energy and normal blood pressure as part of a healthy lifestyle. This grapeseed extract used in Super Beats Heart Chews has been clinically shown to be two times as effective at supporting normal blood pressure as a healthy lifestyle alone. So do more for your heart and treat yourself with Super Beats Heart Chews. I've been... Using them now for over a year. They kind of remind me of tasting like a chewy Starburst, but then you get all those healthy benefits. So for me, they taste good. I like them. I use them constantly. I probably use them at least three or four times during the week. And I'm someone who even drinks beet juice before my basketball game. So I was happy to try out Super Beats Heart Shoes and they help give me this little energy boost without me needing to go straight for coffee all the time. It helps me with my work. It does help me kind of keep me focused and a little on target as well. So for my listeners only, you can get up to 45% off plus free shipping at superbeats.com AppleBits. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's superbeats.com AppleBits. Get up to 45% off at superbeats.com AppleBits okay if you saw my video that i posted earlier this week um i'm on the road right now i'm back in the bay area visiting my family and so apple's rumored dual USB C port charger did you hear about this how there were reports that hey apple could be making their own uh gan which is the gallium nitride smaller form factor 35 watt power adapter with two USB C ports there were renders that were leaked out and was like oh my gosh it would have like a folding plug design Looks pretty cool. Looks pretty slick. Apple doesn't have anything like this. Um, there's plenty of other companies like Spigen and Anchor, quite honestly, whose products I use as GAN chargers because they came out at least a couple years ago. They're so – it's basically like having a super power, super fast charged mini little cube power adapter um, that takes up a quarter of the space to f- compare to Apple's kind of larger 30 watt, 35 watt power adapters. So – Anyways, there's all this kind of a little bit buzz around it. The news was pretty slow, quite honestly, earlier in the week. And then, um, according to reports, some people believe the renders and the belief that Apple's doing this dual charger are completely not true. And they're actually leaked renders of a Mofi charger. So I just wanted to bring that up to clarify that in case I know a lot of you listen and watch my content. And so we do bring new information here because this podcast can be put out like the day that things happen. So, A coin reports right now that's not an Apple dual USB C charger. It's a Mophie dual USB C charger until it could potentially be an Apple dual USB C charger. So I just wouldn't get too excited about that happening. And again, check out Anchor, check out Spigen. They actually have these products already out there and they're great. There's nothing wrong with them. You don't need like the Apple charger now i also wanted to talk about the Mac studio and my review is pretty much wrapped up i got a few more things to kind of add to it it will absolutely be coming out this coming week um so sit tight for that but what i thought was perfect timing like i'm quite honestly sometimes we get these reviews out we get the product early apple's like you got to put it out by this date and you know everyone cranks to get them out but I thought the Mac Studio required more time. I did not get a review unit early from Apple. Um, and so I did get a Mac Studio. And what was crazy is that it's now been out just a few days after a month. So my, my review is going to be like the Mac Studio one month later. And sometimes things don't really change. But specifically with this, with this machine, a lot has changed because Final Cut Pro recently released an update specifically to take advantage of the Mac Studio and the M1 Ultra chip. Adobe After Effects and some of their other products, but specifically Adobe After Effects released a new release and an update for their motion graphics to take advantage of the M1, uh, sorry, the Mac Studio with the M1 Ultra. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm not going to reveal them here, but the performance differences are jaw-dropping. And in fact, it changed my perception of the Mac Studio because of these software updates just a month later. It's pretty incredible, so it's good to know. I just wanna kinda of like mention that because I always love seeing when software and hardware, because they are this this uh, this unison, this yin-yang that has to happen, but they all work together nicely. But it's, it's really great when you have this hardware and then sometimes you complain like, oh, the software's not taking full advantage of it. <clears throat> iPad Pro. And then you have something like the Mac Studio which just a month later after its release feels like it gets a huge supercharge just from these and makes this machine even faster and even better than it already is. So, um I just wanted to bring that up and my review will reflect that and it doesn't still mean that it's a machine for everyone, but it's an impressive machine. Talking about machines, some MacBook Pro models are seeing significantly extended delivery times due to the lockdowns in China. So, You have these high-end MacBook Pros that people are hoping to get and they're experiencing extended delays because there's obviously component shortages. There's still ongoing lockdowns in China because of the global pandemic, which has not gone away. We've even heard of a rise in uh, uh, Omicron cases in two different variants in the East Coast. And unfortunately, I'm assuming that we will start, that will start trickling over and coming over to the West Coast in a little bit. I mean, this is something that we continue to just live with. But on the online store, the M1 Max and custom M1 Pro versions of the 14 and 16 inch MacBook Pro deliveries are being delayed until late May or early June. My friends, we are in mid April. So we're talking about at least six to eight weeks uh, turnaround times for delivery if you're ordering uh, the high end MacBook Pros and custom made. M1 Pro versions of the 14 and 16-inch MacBook Pro. So, if you thought that'd be like a really cool present for your loved one or loved ones if you're a baller, uh I would just I would just sit tight or just expect that it's coming a lot later or get on that. I mean, damn, if I had someone who bought me a MacBook Pro, I I would love them forever. Also, Apple recently has been reported from the information that 3 years ago, Apple was exploring letting users use Siri to make purchases for apps and services, similar to how you can use Amazon's Alexa to just place orders online. But according to the report, engineers scrapped the idea following privacy concerns. That is according to the information. So this report itself just highlights how engineers at Apple really have limited access to how... Users use Apple services. We've talked about how that has been one of the limiting aspects of the Apple HomeKit Siri ecosystem is just that because it's secure, which is a good thing, Apple doesn't also give it access to really grow and spread its wings. You know, you have all these services that are part of the ecosystem that you just can't really take advantage of because of privacy reasons. And I get it. It's a benefit, but I think out of all the products that need to be opened up more to be more useful, and it doesn't mean they have to shatter their privacy policy, but it has to be home integration and smart home. They are still so far behind that. I don't know if you recently saw, I did a, a home home setup, smart home setup for at least security cameras. I was not going to get a system that was compatible with home because a they're I think I can count them on my single hand, that are HomeKit compatible. They're not from brands that I really um, have good faith in or feel like that they're brands that I trust. And someone's going to say, oh, then why'd you get Google? Well, I have Nest. I have a a Google um, hub. And yes, no matter what, any of us using any devices, we are giving up some of our privacy. Apple is the best when it comes to that. But I have a an Alexa Echo, Amazon Echo. I have a Google Nest and I have an Apple HomePod. And the reason why is they all excel differently in different ways. And I'm a tech fan and I have to embrace if I'm going to use them, that I have to accept that I'm giving up some of my privacy. And if you aren't, that's fine. That's your choice. But uh, I would have loved the day to have a completely super tight, integrated, easy to use talk to any device in home but that hasn't happened for years the smart home continues to just explode and apple's just not there the apple's not there for the party like to me they just aren't really quite honestly they are apple but they're they're not relevant enough in the home space where they come up as my one two or three top options i always go like oh apple's great with privacy but beyond that they don't have device support they don't have compatibility uh And their platform itself is pretty weak, but it's secure. So the report talks about how, as we get back to the story, how these engineers don't even have access to services like Apple TV Plus or Apple Maps. And Apple has really strict privacy procedures to make it hard for engineers to have any direct access to any usage data. And so the concern internally and externally, which we've talked about, is that their strict privacy policies actually stifling Apple services and making it harder to compete with Google and others, which is exactly why I came to the decision that I came to. So um, in a report, the information revealed that back in 2019, Apple actually explored the possibility of letting users make Siri purchases, but that further along the project, the team just had to scrap that and just say, no, we're not doing it because of the privacy concerns. And it is comes down to lack of data. The effort stalled because of these privacy rules um, preventing Siri from tying a person's Apple ID to their voice request. We know that it uh, HomePod and HomeKit does have the ability to identify uh, multiple users, but they didn't want it to link it to their, I guess, shopping behaviors. And their team just couldn't find an alternative way to reliably authenticate users to bill them. So there's one, there's one thing where it's like voice recognition tied to an Apple ID versus taking that next step of voice recognition tied to an Apple ID tied to making purchases and authenticating them to make that purchase. So it's very, it just kind of really reiterates how much more surface HomeKit is and how they won't let you dig deep. And it also sheds light of, oh, wow, these other platforms are really just giving you everything so that they can dig deep. So it's just going to come down to personal preference. Um, something personal and personal preference, I mean, if you're talking about a service that is very personal, it's got to be Facebook. I mean, it's meta. I still can't call it meta. I guess I have to just get on board on that. But it's meta, better known as Facebook. So we know that they are pushing out the idea of the metaverse and the future of a digital augmented reality virtual reality ecosystem in world where you can run away from the problems that are really affecting people here today and in the most tech bro response create a alternate world where everything is utopia and free and great and digital and completely robotic um because escape you know ignorance is bliss escape is bliss so we know that apple is really i'm sorry we know that meta is really trying to drive this whole metaverse, the economy, the ecosystem. Well, according to report, Facebook is planning to take a nearly 50% commission on digital asset purchases made inside the universe. Now, I have to remind you that it was meta slash Facebook that had complained about the 30% cut that Apple takes for purchases through the App Store. They were one of the vocal people who were complaining about that. Now, Meta announced the new ways that it's going to allow creators to monetize and earn money from the Metaverse. One of the ways is through letting creators sell NFTs, the non-fungible token, um, through its Horizons Worlds platform. In the post, Meta didn't specifically say how much of a commission they would charge for those purchases inside the Metaverse. But later on, a company spokesperson said that told CNBC it would be 47.5% commission inclusive of a 30% hardware fee and a 17.5% platform charge. So whatever, do the math. That's a nearly 50% commission that they believe is a pretty competitive rate in the market. And they also said that we believe in the other platforms being able to have their share. 50%, okay? Now, Apple's evolved, and if you've been a long-time standing uh, developer, their rates vary from 15 to a 30% cut. Most people are still on the 30% cut that the App Store takes and provides. And, but people that have been able to scale up and become larger, um, if they have like subscription services, it's been reduced to 15% for some of those. Um, Zuckerberg wrote on Facebook that Meta would you know, really strive to keep paid events online, subscriptions and badges free for creators until 2023. But then after that, they were going to take a commission. Well, now we know the commission is roughly 50%. And at the time, Zuckerberg said, because he was complaining about Apple, oh, the App Store, you know, it it makes it harder for opportunities for creators to make money from their work, okay? This is before Apple started changing it to like the 15 to 30% commission. Um, They're saying how it's monopolistic and harmful to customers and it blocks innovation and blocks competition. And Facebook is doing a 50% (laughs) commission in the metaverse now. Give me a break. Apple actually responded to Facebook's plan. (laughs) They, They had a statement for it saying that it lays bare meta's hypocrisy. Just another piece of beef to put between Apple and Face and Meta. These two companies do not like each other. These two companies do not like working together. And with this new Metaverse being another battleground, with Apple doing their AR VR headset and Meta doing their own headset, obviously they already have the Meta Quest, the artist formerly known as Oculus Quest, which I still think is Oculus. Um, They don't... Remember, Apple took billions of dollars away from them because they changed their advertising prop, uh, policies and pretty much cut out Facebook's methods and how invasive they were and prevented them from getting a lot of data that allows them to target us and, tar- and other digital uh, platforms from targeting us by not give- handing over our data. So, hey, uh, <laughs> Apple said, Meta will happily take from the creators and small businesses that use their own platform Woo! the beef is real y'all the beef is real all right everybody that is gonna do it for this week's show thank you so much for hanging out with me thank you so much for coming out and supporting before we go we gotta give love to our platinum apple supporters From Patreon.com slash Brian Tong, that's the $100 level. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Freider, Jarrett Lewis, and Atari Koenigsegg, thank you all so much for your support, and thank you again, everyone. I can't keep on saying enough. I'll say it again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong. That's how you support, starting at $2 per month. All right, everybody. That is going to do it for this week's show. We will talk to you soon. The month keeps on getting closer towards may and then keeps on getting closer to june and i think with all this buzz around m2 machines i don't know if it's gonna happen i want to see m2 machines but you're telling me if they don't announce any hardware at wwdc it's gonna be a very busy fall i'm probably gonna lose my mind it's gonna be fun but i would like them to spread out the products over a longer course of time so we'll see what happens all right everybody take care of me safe it's the apple Bits XL. Peace.